right, take two. What's going on, everybody? This is Garrick Ledford of the Full Kit Yankers podcast. We're going on episode two, and I'm joined with my co-host. Luke Willoughby, it's good to be here. Good to be back for episode two. Yeah, for sure. We did. We we fucked around and did it again. So, uh, first off, what a banger of the intro music. Uh, we're going to start doing a uh, little FIFA playlist, get some classic uh, bops in there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, good song. Great song. Grew up with that song. Uh, shout out. So, um, all right. A lot has happened since we last talked. Um, we got a lot of Premier League to talk with. Um, I, I don't know about you, Luke, but I watched uh, the Schalke versus Werder Bremen game on Saturday, and I honestly wanted to take a bath with my toaster at halftime, uh, <laughs> but I did it for you guys, uh, watching Josh Sargent and uh, Matthew Hoppy, Hop, Hoppy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm going to go with, with Hopi. Yeah, oh, whatever. Uh, we'll sort that out later. And then we also got a big uh, men's national team game coming up here at, uh, what, 6 p.m. my time, 7 p.m. your time. It is currently 3.30 my time. So we'll probably get this out in the middle, if not after uh, that game. And then we'll talk about that pretty heavily. It'll be a big focus in our uh, midweek episode, which is hopefully coming out on Thursday for you guys. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. Let's go with some uh, Premier League. So let's start off with Man United. Um, I know it's a podcast, and I really shouldn't be showing my bias, bias, but holy shit, it's a great – it's it's always a great time for me, at least, seeing United shit the bed. I think um, we can both agree on that. Yeah, definitely. So uh, since we last talked, United picked up only one point out of six in the league. Um, they lost to Sheffield – Two to one in the middle of the week, and then they played your beloved Arsenal, Luke, uh, on Saturday and drew that nil-nil. So, um, for me, I mean, I- I'll kick it off. I- there's a night and day difference between this team that we saw um, the past two games to the team that uh, knocked out Liverpool, um, mm-hmm. uh, knocked them out of the FA Cup. Yeah, I mean... It doesn't look like the same team whenever uh, a certain Portuguese midfielder is not playing like a world-class player. I think we'll get to that in a second. Um, you know, losing to the bottom of the table, Sheffield, whenever you're in a title race, it's not going to do you any favors. Can't do it. No, you just can't do it. And then the game yesterday against Arsenal, it's, I mean, if you're looking for nil-nil draws, those are it's about as exciting as one's going to come. It was up and down. Either team just couldn't put one away, but um, they're squandering opportunities while they have them. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. And I think we'll we'll talk, I guess, more in depth on that um, Arsenal United game whenever we talk about Arsenal next. Um, but I mean, yeah, like like you said, Bruno Fernandez is uh, how nice of it for him to take some time off whenever uh, Kevin De Bruyne is out due to injury. Uh, a, a non non factor basically didn't show up the past two games. Um, and yeah, it, it seems like United has to have him playing like out of his mind for them to do well, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it certainly looks like that. They didn't create much of anything that didn't flow through him yesterday. And he, I don't know, man. I mean, he, he has 
he's averaging a goal and a half uh, per game since he's joined, or not a goal and a half. I'm talking about goal contributions. Yeah. Since he's joined United last year. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, and like it's, he had that free kick that David Luiz got a head on. I think if he didn't do that, or if it just ricocheted off his head all a different way, I think it would have found the back of the net. But, I mean, other than that, like, I mean, I, I watched the game, and I didn't really, like, super hone in on the game. I had, I was doing some other things in the background. But, like, just from the the general eye, like, I mean, he, he was pretty much a non-factor. Um, I think Rashford, whenever that does happen, Rashford needs to step up in order for United to be good. If, if Fernandez has an off game and Rashford has an off game, I mean, it's – you're not going. They're probably not going to get a win out of it nine times out of ten. Yeah, who, who, who's scoring in that lineup? We got Anthony Martial, who's sitting on I think two goals in 15 games that yeah. he's appeared in. It's just not getting it done. Yeah. Daniel James, non-factor. I mean, Cavani. Yeah. To, to that point, Cavani had a lot of opportunity in oh, that my. game. I think I saw. I, I was following like the expected goals, um, mm-hmm. like analysis or whatever after the game, and I think. Like United ended up with like one point like five or one point six expected goals, mm-hmm. and Cavani was one point two of those, and he couldn't find the back of the net. There was a, you know, me me and some friends were watching the game yesterday afternoon, and there was a sitter in the second half about twenty minutes to go, from three yards out, and I physically don't know how he did not hit the target. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess. To as well going on Rashford, like he had an opportunity to shoot with like pretty close range, and he decided to pull it back and try to get cute in the box mm-hmm. to get a better angle. But like I think if he makes an attempt to shoot that ball on net, and that it, it was what like it was fairly early in the first half, right? Like I think I think he scores it, and then that's going to set a whole new tone to the game. He wasted that, and it just fizzled out to a, a nil-nil draw in the end. So, yeah, I mean, United success is pretty much in direct correlation with Fernandez's success. So, I guess that's something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, moral of the story, if Fernandez isn't producing, then United might as well not even try for a, a title because it's not it's mm-hmm. not going to happen if he can't produce. Yeah, I mean... Like I said earlier, they're squandering opportunities left and right in the last week. I mean, and you've got a team like City who's just, you know, just running up results in yep. a row right now. I don't see them doing the same. Yep. All right, so let's look on the other end of that game. Let's talk about Arsenal. Um, for me, I, I'm, not, I'm not an Arsenal supporter, so you probably uh, will have a different outlook on this game than what that I do. Um, in terms of how Arsenal did and what it meant. But, I mean, I thought – I mean, I think that's a pretty good result for them considering where they're at right now um, to hold United to no goals and just end up drawing in the end, um, especially whenever you take into consideration Noah Bamiyang, who was out of the lineup again due to the personal issues or whatever. Um, and then there was no Saka, which was Saka hurt. I don't – He pulled out of the warm-up with a hip injury. I think he's going to yeah. be okay. And then we were missing Kieran Tierney as well with a muscular injury. So we yeah. were missing oh, yeah, some key players. That. I – um. Twitter was a bit of a mixed bag. You know, you had fans saying, you know, squandered opportunities. We we missed some chances, which is true. But I think with all those players, 
factoring in not being available, you have to take the point against the second in the table. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I think it was a draw was a fair result. Yeah, I do too. Um, so I guess some things that stood out to me, number one, this is from, a, I guess, a tactical or analysis standpoint, is Rob Holding, he looked great. Like, I, I think he's he's filling in as a good center back. I know that that's probably not what Arsenal was expecting a few years back and then into this year, but, I mean, he, he played a really good game, and I think that's been a common trend for Rob Holding the past few games. So, um, I don't know. Do you want to go on that? Yeah, let me let me talk about about Bobby Holding for a second. He his character arc since he's joined Arsenal has has just been it's been really interesting to me. We bought him for three million from Bolton five years ago. He's immediately thrown into the side with no Premier League experience. Looked completely out of his depth. Grew into it a little bit. Tore his ACL a couple of years ago, and we're thinking, oh man, you know, an average center back like that with an ACL injury, you know, he's probably not going to amount to much afterwards. And to be fair, last season, I think I could speak for all Arsenal fans saying that he was shocking. He was. We thought, you know, he might go out on loan to a club or we might sell him. Newcastle was interested in him. And this season, he is right at the heart of the, the spine of our team i mean he is a he's a right in on the team sheet every single week yeah yeah i mean i think he's playing really well i mean i don't watch i, I anytime that arsenal is on nbc or nbc sn and or peacock for that matter and city's not playing i, I usually watch the arsenal game um, so you know you and dan and uh have a some other friends that are arsenal fans but uh yeah from what i've seen i mean he's 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 filling in and he's doing pretty well for arsenal this year so kudos to him um, and then from a more of a, uh, not, not, this isn't really a tactical take, but I'm calling United versus Arsenal the flushed away derby from here on out because Hector Bellerin and Bruno Fernandez look like they could play as a main character in a live action interpretation of flushed away. I don't know if anybody out here has seen the movie <laughs> flushed away with like the, the rats or whatever, but like they, they look just like the main character in flushed away, both hand, both Bellerin and Fernandez. That oh, was see. the first thing that popped in my mind whenever I turned on the TV. See, see, Bellerin belongs on the runway in, in Paris yeah. or, or Milan, and, and Bruno should be a, a sous chef in uh, Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know, man. There's levels to this. Yeah. Bunch of, a bunch of rat-like features on display in that nil-nil draw. <laughs> Um, did we have a, a listener question or something going from Arsenal? Oh, we did. We did. Is is my good friend Trent? Shout out to Trent. Yeah, shout out Trent Martindale. Big shout yeah. out. First first uh, listener question on the pod, man. So that that hopefully one day we blow this thing up and that's a trivia answer somewhere and you win like a I don't know a manscaped bundle or something where we get sponsored. <laughs> right, and if y'all if y'all are listening to this you know and if, if y'all interact with us on social media yep. you know we're, we're trying to get the brand out there and you know we appreciate all the feedback and everything but trent let me ask he asked he said what's the news i'm hearing about arsenal potentially loaning guys out like ainsley maitland niles and eddie and katia is it a good idea if they do my thought process is you know, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who has, you know, in the fall got his call up to the senior English national team, was in great form 
and still wasn't really getting games at Arsenal. I thought it was a, a bit confusing. But normally when he was in the squad, he was putting in good shifts. And then he had a game against Palace. I think it was the first game of the year. Anyway, it was a stinker. He do- he got dispossessed nearly 40 times in the game from a fullback position. That just can't happen, and he hasn't seen the field since. Thinking about going on loan, do I think it's a good idea? I do. We have Hector Bellerin and Cedric in that position, and I think he could probably get game time at a at a lower table club. Uh, Eddie and Ketia, I if you ask me, keep sell or loan. I'm not really high on Enketia personally. I think, you know, he loaned out to Leeds last year in the championship and really couldn't hoof it there. So why is he getting consistent substitute time at Arsenal when we're trying to battle back into, you know, European spots in the table right now? So... I don't think he's going to amount to much personally. I like the guy. I think he's a good guy, but I don't think he's going to amount to much here at Arsenal. I would sell. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think. I think Maitland Niles. I mean, personally, just from an, like I'm an outsider point of view, I think I, if I was a manager at Arsenal, I think I'd prioritize him over Cedric. I know Cedric because he's playing pretty decent this year, but like, I don't know. I think. Maitland Niles has a higher upside and that you might want to try to get that out of him before Cedric is too old or they decide to move on from him. Um, and yeah, and Ketia, I don't really have much of an opinion on him. Um, I do know that the uh, American, what, Balogun is for Arsenal. Um, I think you would ideally loan one of those two guys out um, I think Balogun would be better to loan out and keep Ketia in if you have like a cup game or something like that for rotation. But yeah, I mean, I I think yeah, one of those two, if not both, need some playing time outside of Arsenal because they're not getting the playing time that they need to develop uh, at the club. So yeah, yeah Trent, right. appreciate that question. Good. Uh, Good question. Looking forward to more from you and uh, anybody else across the uh, interwebs. So uh, let's move on to Chelsea. Um, They were a big point of discussion in our last episode. Um, That day after, they drew nil-nil to Wolves, um, and then they beat – who did they beat today? Uh, Burnley. Burnley. They beat Mm -hmm. Burnley 2-0 today. I saw like some knee-jerk reactions from supporters just over Twitter um, talking about uh, Tuchel's performance after the Wolves game. It was a nil-nil draw. I mean, it, that was lit- I think it was literally like two days after he took over, if not maybe three. Knee-jerk um, reactions from from soccer Twitter. That does that doesn't sound right. No, absolutely uh, not. Yeah, so that was wild. Um, but uh, yeah, they they won two-zero today. Um, there was no mount in that first game. He didn't start. He did start this game. Um, Alonzo started and scored from an assist by our very own Christian Pulisic uh, today. I mean, I. What do you think about Ar- uh, not Arsenal? Excuse me, Chelsea from here on out. Well, I mean. The nil-nil draw, I don't really think you can take much out of it because, you know, Tuchel hasn't put his stamp on the squad quite yet. I think, I mean, 
the only stat you really take from that is it was the most passes a team has completed in a game in the league this season, which is interesting. Really? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, that is. I mean, it was, you know, sideways, backwards, you know, not not what they should have been doing, but nevertheless, um, you know, going forward, he, he's been at two big clubs, man, that have had success underneath him. I don't know. Chelsea just never know what you're going to get from them yeah I, mean, I think i mean i think that's fair for like because i pretty much have that same um that same thought like he, it's two game in to tuchel's reign at chelsea he took over mid-season um he's got a lot of talent there he's used to a lot of talent he just managed psg and he managed dortmund before that so i mean I, whenever i think of thomas tuchel i think there was the the tuchel at Dortmund, who's playing this really like heavy press style of soccer, and then there was the Tuchel at PSG where they weren't pressing a whole lot, but I think that was because just the personnel that they have and that kind of like locker room where it was like, okay, we're just going to go out here and wing it and score mm-hmm. seven a goal, seven goals against this team that you know a, a farmer team they got to you know harvest corn and all that shit in the middle of the week before they play <laughs> on the weekend, um, but. Um, yeah, so I, I do think Alonzo being in the lineup, I think that's something to, to um, keep an eye on because Alonzo gets a lot of shit, and a lot of it is deserved, but in that latest title run that Chelsea had, he was a major part of that. Um, he can drift centrally. He can get in the box. He can score. Um, he can also assist. Uh, he, he does a good job getting forward. Maybe this is something that um, Tuchel thinks can be uh, a staple for the team going on, and maybe he think he favors Alonzo over Chilwell, who they just purchased. So that's one thing that I'm going to be looking for. But yeah, Chelsea, I think I think the uh, the sample size is a little too small before we start really saying they're back or they're still shit or whatever mm-hmm. the only thing I, the thing that i'm looking at at chelsea is i'm curious to see what their creative players are going to do under tuchel because he's had you know world-class players at his disposal both stops of his career uh that are worth mentioning so i'm curious to see you know what's what's havertz what's pulisic What's Mason Mount gonna do underneath him? Yeah, and and with that, who's who he's gonna play? Because he's got a lot. He's yeah, got there's a, a lot of options. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think and I think for the rest of the year, he's probably gonna be doing a lot of rotation. I'm obviously, I'm pretty sure the board is gonna be telling him to push for the top four, and I think they still can do that and they should do that. But I think there's gonna be a lot of rotation at least early on to try to for so Tuchel can find exactly what's gonna be his bread and butter. Excuse me, had a burp uh, for the uh, for the rest of the year. Um, let's go Manchester City now. Um, they beat West Brom, thrashed them on Tuesday, and then they got a one nil victory over Sheffield on Saturday. Um, I'll let you go first on this because I have some thoughts, and it might be a little long. So I want to hear what uh, you got to say. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll keep it pretty short and sweet. Um... You know, 5-0 against West Brom. We've, you know, joined the crowd. Everyone's beating the shit out of West Brom. Big Sam's not really hoofing it there yep. like he used to. Um, the game, I got bits and pieces of the game Saturday against Sheffield. Um, 
you know, there were Sheffield had moments where they could have put a goal away or two. Yep. Um, Definitely. I guess that's why they're sitting at the bottom of the table because they didn't. But uh, you know, just what's that 12, 12 in all competitions in a row now, which is a I club so. club record. That's you know that deserves some praise. They they look good right now. Yeah, I, so like Sheffield. They're they're bottom of the table, but a lot of their games have been close and they've been competitive in a lot of their games. Um, obviously, they beat United earlier in the week, um, but City was able to get squeak out a one nil victory. Um, I think that being able to do this is a big component of uh, of a title run. You got to win games where you're not on your top form. Um, Jesus got the goal early and there was, you know, a few flashes of attack after that. They certainly um, could have, it could have been two, it could have been three. Um, the Sheffield's goalkeeper, I don't, I forgot his name, uh, made some big saves. Uh, one against Zinchenko, a curler outside of the box, which you can't really count on as Zinchenko scoring those. Um, he saved a, a header from Laporte off a corner. It was a really good save. And then Jesus, he had an absolutely insane save to deny Jesus of his second. Um, I think nine times out of ten, that finds the back of the net, no matter who the keeper is. But keeper made a really good save. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to what we talked about in episode one. I mean, it's the exact exact opposite of the last couple of years. We got uh, seven clean sheets in our last nine. Um, they're relying heavily on the defense, and uh, as long as that's rolling, like we're, uh, City's going to be in a good position to win games. Um, on top of that, Kevin De Bruyne is out for a while. Um, Any time that uh, over the past year or two that Kevin De Bruyne goes out, City hurts a lot, and they can't score. Uh, they can't get goals as good as they do without them, right? I mean, that, that's pretty obvious. Um, hmm. But now with the defense so solid, I think that – I'm not saying that they're not going to miss De Bruyne, but they don't have to score like three or four. They can score two tops and be fine as long as that defense is kicking. But there's going to have to be somebody to step up. I mean, do you agree? I, I'm I'm honestly looking to see if, if Bernardo Silva can yep. fill that role. He's looked a hell of a lot better than he did last season as of lately. Um, I'll be looking to him to take that, that midfield creative position and see what he can do with it. Yeah, they have. They've hurt when Kevin De Bruyne has been out in the last couple of seasons, but like you said, the defense is so solid. You know, they're going to keep playing their style, you know, possess the hell out of the ball, don't let the opponent get it. And um, personally, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. I think I think the De Bruyne, I th- he's supposed to be back at the Liverpool game. That's the initial um, verdict on his injury. Um, I don't think the league, they've got a they've got a really a, a gauntlet of a schedule um, here in the next week or two. Um, that, that's where they're going to hurt De Bruyne the most, um, as well as the Champions League. Uh, being able to survive against West Brom and Sheffield is one thing, but having to do it across two legs in the Champions League, um, uh, they're playing Gladbach, who is a team in pretty good form. I'm going to be interested to see what happens there. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I do agree. Bernardo is looking a lot like Bernardo of the 2018-2019 season. Um, I'm hoping that he can continue that form and be that guy in the midfield that is going to be the the creative uh, the creative guy pulling the strings. Um, Gundogan is on a tear. He's I think City's leading goal scorer right now. Um, if he keeps on playing like that, then yeah, between those two. I, I like I like their chances of being okay, mm-hmm. um, but the thing about De Bruyne is there's always like every time I watch him play, there's at least one time every game, if not two times or three times, where he puts a ball like in on a plate for somebody. I guess just an absolute mastermind pass, like only he could play it. Mm-hmm. Those individual moments of brilliance really sets like City has a really possessive base. Uh, game, but those individual points of brilliance from De Bruyne uh, is what sets them. I think that that makes them different gravy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Different mm-hmm. fucking gravy. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> Ferran Torres had an assist in, against Sheffield, and I really think that he was brought in to have. He's an individual brilliance guy. He doesn't really do it with the passing as much, but he does it with the dribbling. The the assist that he had against Sheffield, he got in the box, uh, got around, and I think he magged a defender. Uh, what, what was uh, What's the guy's name? The Welsh guy. He played for Chelsea, went to Leipzig. Ampadu. Yeah. Some, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I always, he's got a, he's got a uh, odd he's, name. He's an, he's an Ampadu. Yeah. Um, who's, so I don't I mean, know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, but. I don't I, I don't think you are, but that's okay. We're, we're going to roll with it. I, I, I couldn't do a better job. But uh, those individual points of brilliance is what sets City atop and I think of what makes them the the one of the best clubs in the world. So if Ferran can start doing that with his dribbling like he did against Sheffield and they can squeak out one oh one nil games, uh I, I think they're gonna be fine. But uh yeah, we'll just have to see. Um they're they're going through I'm I don't have the schedule pulled up, but uh we'll talk about it in the midweek. Um but uh yeah, so we'll 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 monitor that and hopefully Kev can be back uh, at the latest for Liverpool. Speaking of Liverpool, uh, beat Tottenham on Thursday, and they beat. Man, I hate to brag, but that was a hell of a segue. Uh, they beat Tottenham <laughs> Thursday, and they beat West Ham today. I think both were what three-one. Uh, mm-hmm, both three-one. Yeah, are they back in form? It certainly looks like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. They, the the one against Tottenham, they dominated that game. I mean. It was it was impressive to watch uh, the the game today. I didn't I I caught about ten minutes of it, and it was right when Salah scored his second goal, which was rid- ridiculous first touch. I mean, he looks like the Salah of a couple of seasons ago, just bagging goals just for fun. And um, these games, they you know they score a lot of goals. They kind of reminded me of when. Bef- of how Liverpool was before they bought Van Dyke. I'm really curious to see how they're going to play against, you know, a city next week and how they fare in the champions league going forward without him, but they do yeah. look back and for him. Yeah, they question. do look back. I, I, I will admit I didn't watch this game. I caught the Salah interview. Um, after the game, I was out uh, getting my shit fucked up at uh, great clips uh, off of uh, white bridge in mm-hmm. uh, Nashville so yeah, that that happened instead of me watching the <laughs> Liverpool game. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think the goals are there. If Salah can produce, he's looking like the Salah of old uh, the past few games. If he can produce, they're they're dangerous. It's just that the defense they got a lot of injuries. Um, Hendo has been filling in at center back. I think he's doing a great job, really. Um, he's 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 doing a phenomenal job at center back. I'd like to see him and Stones paired for the English national team personally. Um, but yeah, I mean Fabinho with an injury, Matip maybe coming back from an injury soon. But yeah, do you, uh-huh. do, do you really trust him in the on, in the back line? Um, there were rumors of them maybe picking up Aaron Long on a six-month loan, which that's total. Yeah, where did that come? Where did that come from? Yeah, that, uh, where did that come from? I, I have no idea. That's, that's an agent-planted story. I think yeah, I've, I've I, I saw heard some, of one. I saw some blue checks picking up that uh, story on Twitter. I was like, yeah, that shit ain't happening. But I think mm. they did put out a bid, and I think it's accepted. And I think there's a medical tomorrow from a guy, a center back from a younger guy. Ben Davies. Yeah, Ben Davies. Yeah, Ben Davies. Yeah, from what, Preston? Preston North End, I think, in the championship, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if they pick him up. Like, sure, let's go for it. Like, it's a center back. Um, well, I've been a big advocate over the years of Ben Davies from Preston North End. You know, yeah. he's a great – no, I've, I've never heard of the guy. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> don't know – I don't know anything about him. Yeah, but, I mean – Regardless if they get the 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 defense sorted out, I still think that they're city's biggest title threat. I really do. I think yeah. I mean, if you just look at the squad, I mean, I think yeah, the, the they if they can get back on this run of form that they've been in the last two games and they continue to pile these results up, it's going to be a close title race again. Yeah. Yeah, that game what next week City Liverpool, that's going to be a a huge mm. huge game. So, um, I didn't put anything for Tottenham. They just lost to Brighton uh, 1-0. Uh, yeah, I know you're really sad about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they're, I mean, as of right now, they're out of the race. And if City starts slipping up, if Liverpool slips up too, we still haven't talked about Leicester. Leicester's still up there. Um, they are. But, they lost today. But, I mean, they're, yeah. still there. they're still there. Yeah, so, I mean, Tottenham... I think for right now they're out of the race. They got a lot of soul searching to do, try to get back into form. Um, I think they they sat top of the table December the 16th, and now they're 11 points off the the pace. So yeah, so, they're trending in the wrong direction for sure. Yep, at the wrong time. So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we might talk about them on the on the midweek episode. We'll see. Um, so let's go into the U.S. men's national team talk. Um, I saw a poll floating around. A couple polls on Twitter this week, and it was, who was the starting striker for the U.S. men's national team right this second at this point in time at, so at 3.58, Sunday, January the 31st, 2021, who's the starting men's national team striker? Um, it was Sargent, Zardes, Josie Altador, or other. Um, so let's kind of deep dive into this. Um, I'll, I'll start with Sargent. So, like I mentioned in the in the first few minutes, I watched the uh, Bremen and Schalke game on Saturday, and it was an absolute snoozer. Um, I've really enjoyed watching Bundesliga this year because it's really wide open, and there's a lot of quality players in there. But this was not one of those instances. Um, uh-huh. I they offensively, both teams are lost on the ball. 
and so we got Sergeant and Hoppy uh, starting in this game, and they got no service. I think Josh got a shot off from deep. I think Hoppy got a shot off. Uh, I, I I don't know. I was flipping back and forth from the from the city game and that. Um, but yeah, they're not getting a lot of service. Um, mm. I think I think Sergeant has the tools to be the guy for the U.S., but at this current moment in time, he's not being put into situations where he can use those tools. Mm-hmm. Now, J- Josh Sargent play, doesn't really play with much around him. I think he, he's got a bit of quality. Scored a really nice goal um, last week in the Bundesliga. And then you've got Giossi Zardes, Josie Altador, you know, he's getting a little bit older. And then, you know, we've got players on the other side of the ball playing for Schalke like Matthew Hopi, Hop, Hope, whatever you want to say. He is. Um, <laughs> I think it's Hoppy. I think it's Hoppy. I think it's Hoppy. Gonna, yeah. We'll go with Hoppy, whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I saw a poll um, on Twitter the past week that he scored five goals in the month of January, and the only players that I think have scored more goals than him in the top five leagues of Europe are Robert Lewandowski and Mohamed Salah. Yeah. So he's keeping company that he would never have dreamed nope. that he would. Yeah, and he's never he's never been in a in a he's never been on the like an under twenty or any squad like that. He's never been in a in a men's national team camp. So I mean, I, I think it's too small of a sample size before we start saying because a lot of, in that poll for that other that I was that I'm talking mm-hmm. about, I saw a lot of Matthew Hoppy, Matthew Hop like let's chill out for right now because it's definitely too small of a sample size. Um, a lot of those goals is in the right place, the right time. He was really using his engine, his motor to get those goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, I personally for me, and I, this might be a hot take, but I think Sargent and Hoppy would benefit because both Schalke and Bremen are in, they're in the mix for relegation. I know Schalke really is. Bremen is kind of an outside shot oh, for relegation. Oh, Schalke is going down. Yeah. So, honestly, for me, I know that we want to see our national team players at big big clubs. I think it would be it would be beneficial to both of their careers if they didn't get put into a better team like a, like a Weston McKinney went from Schalke to Juve. Obviously, if Sargent or Hoppy went to Juve or a Bayern or a, a Chelsea like Pulisic, that would that would be great. I think that would be awesome for their careers. But if they if they if that isn't the case, if that's not happening, I think going into the second division of the Bundesliga would be beneficial to their career because they're going to be. I, I mean, it's a hot take. I think it, I think it would be mm-hmm. better for. I think it would be better for their for. It would be better for their career if they stayed up and played on the current the current sides that they are because if they go to le- if they go to the second division their the talent on their t- on their roster is going to be a lot better than the competition in the second division which for that to me that means that there's going to be a lot more possession a lot more progressive soccer and a lot more opportunities for them to score goals i think that in the second division would be better for them basically fighting for scraps of opportunities in the first division of German soccer. What do you think? Uh, You're on mute, bud. 
Oh, I'll mute. M my bad. My bad. <laughs> we're new to this. We're, we're new to I'm, this. We're still trying to get. I, get I'm pounding get water over here because I got an indoor game in about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I honestly have a differing opinion, man. I, I, I think you want your your players who are looking to break into the national team playing against the best players. I mean. Hoppy is playing on a team where he's basically getting no service and he's still scoring goals. So I, I think, you know, he's got. Well, a you say future. still scoring goals, but it's only been the month of January where that's happened. Right, right, right. It's it's a, like you said, it's a tiny sample size. But I'm of the opinion you you want your players playing in the first division. I don't know. It, it, I'm looking at the table right now. It, I don't think that Verder Bremen is going down. I think Josh Sargent's okay. And, you know, he's played in 17 of their 19 games this season. So, yeah. he is their go-to guy, I think, up top. Yeah. Um, his output's not great. But, you know, it's it's looking like, you know, a young player like Hoppy is probably going to go down with Schalke. So, you, you might get to see him have better opportunities in the second Bundesliga. Yeah. And I think, I think it... If we're going to rank who would be better for, I definitely think it's better for Hoppy than Sargent because just where they're at in their careers, and Hoppy hasn't really got a whole lot of looks. If I mean, right, and Sargent's if, made made appearances for the senior team before, so right. So for okay, yeah, I, I definitely think if we're going to rank it, I think if if Schalke goes down, Hoppy stays. I think it would be. I personally think that it would be better for for his career if they somehow mm -hmm. survive this relegation battle and stay up and still play that same boring ass like soccer that they're that that they're playing right now. See, see, I agree with okay, I agree with that because you know I I'm just looking into the future, Schalke, they're nine points from from safety halfway through the season. I don't think they're probably staying up. He goes plays one season in the Bundesliga two. A team, a, you know, Schalke is one of the biggest clubs in Germany. Yep. I mean, they've got a huge fan base, and a team like that, I don't think, is going to stay in that division for more than a season. So I think they come right back up, and maybe you know he's gathered that experience in the senior team that he, you know, he might be their main guy by the time they come back into the Bundesliga. So I, I think he should stay with them though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was talking Schalke. With full kit Yankers, that was a yeah. big moment for us, Luke. We just had like a deferring opinion, I think, for the first time on a podcast. Man, that's a big moment for that's us. Right. Wow, branching right. out to Germany and everything, you know? Yeah, look at us. All right, so let's go into uh, one of the guys on that poll was Josie Altador. Um, before we st start talking, Josie, uh, He's out for the Trinidad and Tobago game due to injury. And that was from Burl Halter. I put a, for those of you that can't see, I put a imaginary air quote around injury. Um, because a few hours after that that came out, Burl Halter did his presser. Josie Altidore sent out a really subliminal tweet. And I don't know if it was just a generic ass tweet. He was up in his feels. Or if it was off of him being out for that game but he said and I quote via Twitter don't believe everything you read <laughs> the devil is working overtime you know what the fuck is that like what the fuck is that 
Big Satan's bringing the injury bug to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, to me, like what I read, my first reaction was, okay, if this is about the national team, then he's not really hurt. And Burhalter is wanting to play somebody else up there instead, which for me, I'm totally fine with, with somebody other than Josie up top in this game because, I mean, we know what we're going to get from Josie, right? I mean, he's the most proven option for the men's national team right now, and he's also the most finished product uh, for at forward. So I, I think... Can we just take a second? Side note, this man has 115 appearances for the U.S. men's national team, and he's not verified on Twitter. Something we got to fix. Yeah, that. he's not. I just I just saw that. I have the I have the screenshot of the tweet, so I can pull it up easier. Yeah, what the fuck's that about? Come he's on, got eight hundred eight hundred thousand followers. Come on. Damn. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think you know he battled injury with Toronto last season in MLS. Um, his production wasn't like the production we usually see out of Josie. He, there's no argument that he's on the downslope of his career. But like I said, he's the most finished product at striker, and he's the most proven option at striker. He's definitely still in the mix to be up front in come World Cup time and especially come qualifying time. So I don't know. Like I don't think it was – it shouldn't be a surprise to him, and it shouldn't be a surprise – I don't think it's a surprise – to men's national team fans that he's not in starting against Trinidad and Tobago today here in about what two, two hours, hours. Yeah. yeah so I mean that's not a surprise but yeah that that tweet was weird I I'm hoping it wasn't about uh the men's national team I was hoping you yeah that... you don't you don't want to see one of your veterans clashing with your your head coach or you know Anyways, he, yeah. he get my. And I mean, and even if he is like, let's say he is clashing with the the management or whatever of the men's national team. Like, I mean, it's not a good look, and I don't think it's a good thing. But the old guard is out for this national team. It blew up whenever we lost to Trinidad in the last qualifying, uh, the last qualifying rounds, in the last World Cup. That. The old guard's through. There's no, Michael Bradley's not walking through that door and starting. At least he shouldn't be. <laughs> Josie Altador. Josie Altador has a lot of more competition than he's ever had up top. Like there's no Omar Gonzalez. There's none of that. The, the, the men's national team right now is young kids from that are playing in Europe and are also you know there's some MLS guys that are going to be getting looks. But I mean, if he decides to throw a temper tantrum and say screw it, like. I, it's it's not that big. It's not. I'll put it this way. It's not a big as uh, a big of a deal than it was four years ago. No, I mean hundred percent. It's it's not because he's, you know, let's call it what it is. At this point in his career, you know, as cold as it might be, he's easily replaceable. We have options other than yeah. him. Yeah, we have options. There, you know, there works works in progress, but there are options there. And so with that. No, hell, another fucking great segue. We're on fire today, Luke. Uh, let's talk about... On all cylinders. I know, man. Let's talk about uh, Jazzy Zardes. So, he was a third guy in this poll. And men's national team fans, especially those on Twitter, give Zardes a lot of shit. And some of that is deserving, I will say. Um, but he's the most informed striker for the United States right now. He's got 12 goals and four assists in Major League Soccer 
last year. He was a it was a finalist for the U.S. Uh, Player of the Year, like the the Federation Award or whatever. And last year in 2019, he had 14 appearances for the men's national team, and he scored six goals. I mean, if if we're talking about form, if if you're going to make this decision, who's the starter, just based on form, it's Zardes. I mean, 100% it is. But is that what you're making the decision on? I don't know. He's been okay at the national level. Um, Hasn't really played in many big games for the national team. This. I wouldn't consider this a big game. I mean, it's a friendly, but I don't know, man. I mean, he definitely. I mean, he won the MLS Cup with Columbus. Yep. He he was, you know, in form going into the the final stretch of the season. He, personally, he's my pick. He, he's my pick to start tonight. Um, you know, you, you I want to see some of the other guys get a look in, but I think he's who should be starting up top tonight. I. I, there's another guy that I personally would like to see start tonight, um, but I think that but if you're doing it for me, my choice is if you're taking into consideration form as well as experience, I think I'm putting Zardes up. To, if we're starting in Stadium Azteca right now against Mexico, we need to get a win. I'm probably going Zardes. After that, I'm thinking about uh, Josie and then underneath that Sargent. Sargent obviously has the highest upside amongst those three, but I think right now if you take into consideration form and you take into consideration experience, I think Zardes is that guy. And the tail of the tape is he's probably the striker that Burhalter is the most comfortable with because I mean, I think it's it's definitely his favorite. Burhalter transformed his career with the crew in 2018 when Zardes scored 19 goals in that wacky season where there was rumors that they were going to be going to Austin and the team might have been was going to be relocated and he came from Galaxy and I'm pretty sure he was playing with like almost right I think he was playing right back at Galaxy <laughs> before that he was Sorry. playing he's playing on the right hand side for sure definitely a lot deeper than what he's comfortable playing yeah so Burhalter I mean transformed his career as we know it whenever he was at Columbus. I I think I definitely think that Burhalter is favoring Zardes, and I I don't know if it's his job to to lose, especially going into the World Cup because I mean obviously we got qualifying, um, mm-hmm. but Sargent has that upside, but he hasn't produced, and like we were discussing earlier, I wouldn't necessarily call that Sargent's fault, but. Yeah, I, I think I think for me I'm going Zardes. So let's go into the other options. Um, we talked about Hoppy uh, earlier. Too small of a sample size. Uh, I'm butchering this name. I, I just call him Gio Gio Giochino. I think it's like an Italian. I don't know Italian name. Giochino. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> that's, playing. That sounded Brazilian. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's not right. Yeah, <laughs> playing with. Uh, I'm probably butchering this. Con, can in League One, League One. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He he's he's been on the national team before. I think he played against in the last friendly, and he I think he scored a goal. Um, young guy again, like Hoppy, too small of a sample size. I'd like to see him grow a little bit more before you really start. Uh, Excuse me. Before you start considering him as a starter up top, yeah, he got some game time against uh, who wasn't our last friendly. I can't even remember. 
came on late and scored, and then he also got game time against Wales in that nil-nil draw. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Soto, who is I think Sebastian Soto. I don't mm-hmm. know why his name. He is returning uh, from loan at a club in the second tier of Belgian football. He's going back to Norwich. He got his work permit. That's that got all that sorted out. Um, let's see what he can do in the championship. I mean, I he again. I'm pretty sure he got time in the last uh, rotation of camp for the men's national team. Um, again, I, I don't know if the sample size is there for you to make a decision for him to start up top, um, mm-hmm. but. But again, I mean, what we're, I mean, qualifying is pretty, I, I, don't, I don't know the, the table or the, the timetable with how they're doing the, the qualifying. It's got to be soon. I mean, we play in a World Cup next year now. I mean, it's yeah. 2021. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. They're probably, whenever qualifying comes around, look for these names to be in the roster and they're going to be in that camp working and trying to get. Burhalter's attention uh, to be considered for that uh, that roster, and then also that that starting uh, forward position up top. And last but not least, Daryl DK. So Daryl DK, I want to see him up top instead of Zardes for this game against Trinidad today. He's got he's got a lot of upside. He again, we're talking a small sample size because he was a super draft pick last year came onto the scene for Orlando um he was very impressive for Orlando he scored I think six maybe eight goals for them in the the MLS I want to see what he can do tonight yeah eight goals yeah so I want to see what he can do tonight against Trinidad I hopefully hopefully he gets that starting spot I want to see what he can do also this is a Chris Mueller podcast baby I want to see him starting out left like he did in the last friendly. I want to see both of them, see what they can do, uh, and uh, hopefully getting some goals and assists up top. A lot of, I hate to say it, you know, being supporters of Nashville and all, but uh, there's a lot of players that I like coming out of Orlando. It's a little scary. Yeah, there are. There's a lot of good players coming out of Orlando. Anyways... Well, yeah. yeah, playing in an hour, hour and a half here against Trinidad and Tobago. Most of, mostly an MLS roster to choose from tonight. Um, yeah. So, Bur- a lot Burhalter. Of, a lot of guys, yeah, a lot of guys getting chances that they wouldn't normally get. So, it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. Bur- Burhalter had that press conference yesterday, and he gave us a little bit of like a, a tease to the roster. Um, Matt Turner's going to be in goal. That's a great story. He was in, I think, undrafted out of college. Like, got he's with the Revolution right now. Um, he's now going to be uh, starting for the men's national team. He's did very well uh, at New England this year, um, getting his, I think, his first start uh, for the national team tonight. And then he also announced that Aaron Long and Miles Robinson were going to be starting at center back. Um, that means our beloved. Uh, Walker Zimmerman is on the bench. Unfortunately, I'm kind of pissed about that, but just because I'm a I'm a Nashville fan. Miles um, Robinson, he's a promising center back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if McKenzie was still didn't make that move to uh, Ghent, that he would have been starting next to Aaron Long. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
uh, Robinson, I mean, he, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a prospect. Um, he had a poor season for Atlanta last year. Um, the year before that, he looked really solid. Um, but yeah, the poor season this year, I mean, Atlanta had a poor season overall, but I mean, mm-hmm. Hey, let, let's see what he can get. Let's see what he does out there. Um, I'm totally not opposed, uh, seeing him in the starting lineup. Uh, and then long kind of the same way, right? He was injured last year. Uh, Red Bull had a down year, um, looking almost to reprove himself, um, and see if he can be a starter in the, in the national team, a center back. Uh, hopefully Walker Zimmerman gets uh, comes on. I don't know at halftime. Maybe I want to see him uh, playing the red, white, and blue for sure because he's. The... I think, yeah, hundred percent, man. I, I think this is a game where you're going to see mass substitutions in the second half. You're going to see, you know, a lot of guys getting chances because there's no caps on subs and friendlies. Obviously, yeah. it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see that rotation. I really do. But also, I really want to fucking stick it to Trinidad for the last uh, qualifying. I really want to. If we can, we put, have not forgotten. No, we're weren't weren't we? We were living together at the time in Knoxville whenever that happened, right? And we were mm-hmm. watching it. Yep. We were watching it in uh, shit University Park. Yeah. And then it was me and you were like freaking stressing the fuck out over that game, and then. Parney and Logan were there too, and like they didn't really know what the fuck was going on. And like, I'm pretty sure Parney came out and was like, "Oh, what if they like score or something?" <laughs> and then like, sure enough, like three minutes later, they fucking scored, and we didn't qualify for the World Cup, and it was just an awful time. Yeah, the joke was on us for sure. Yeah, definitely it was. Well, that's it for the outline. You got anything else you wanna you wanna chat about? Ah, uh, no. No, not in particular. Going to watch this U.S. Men's National Team game tonight, and then uh, go play some indoor right down Hell the yeah. street. Hell yeah, brother! Good luck. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, you're a beautiful person. I don't care what they say about you. Yeah, mad respect. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we're gonna have uh, Jerry Garcia play us on uh, play us out on the outro music. So look forward <laughs> to that. Uh, if you tell, if you so follow us at Full Kit Yankers Pod. If you somehow can tell us what concert this was for this song that's playing us out, I don't know what I'll do. I'll give you. A I'll Venmo you a dollar. I'll ve- make it. I'll Venmo you five. How about that? All right. Well, Luke, see you, buddy. As always. Uh, see, let's you, on, see we- you. Yeah. Let's plan on Wednesday recording, getting it out. Uh, expect the next next episode on Thursday. Peace. Yep. Cheers. Peace.